last time we lost half the thing? Yeah, and it's recording right now. It is? It's on right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, last time, uh, by Ben Glebe. Yeah. Josh Wolf. Yep. Fairly normal. Yeah. Last time, you know what didn't make the podcast? Because last time something happened. best story ever. About your grandparents. Yeah. My grandfather's like journey, my grandparents both, but yeah. That was an amazing story. Maybe we'll find our way back to that. Maybe. Mm, Now, we talked about, I'm about to light a joint. Uh Uh-huh. And we talked about that you're contemplating slowing down a little bit. I am. On the weed, not in not in life. Right, not in life. Yeah. Um, can I put my foot here? Is that yeah, a, yeah, of course. Oh, great. Um, that's great. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> why? Why did? Why do you want? It's all right. I'll I'm gonna try not to do it for once, because like I've, I've said yes to yeah. weed every time I've been offered for the last 40, 50 years, and I'm trying to think Which about. It's crazy in the womb. Yeah. Pre womb. Pre womb smoking. Yeah. My dad was saying no to joints. By the way, pre womb smoking is like that's gonna be the new thing. Listen, it, it's... Gluten-free baby, pre-womb smoking. Yeah, gluten-free, pre-womb marijuana, legalized marijuana. The baby will have no gender. He can choose his gender. He'll be stoned. He'll make up <laughs> genders that, that didn't exist. That's where we're, we're coming to the point where we are going to be asking the babies what gender they would like to be. Yeah. Would you like to have a penis when you come out? <laughs> if... If if you were given self-selecting designer babies, yes, yeah, so, like almost like you know how you make people like on a video game. That's basically where we're going. Because now, now you don't have kids, but if you were going to have a kid, do you want to have kids? Yes, but I'm like it's not a firm yes. Right. Like I think I would like to have two kids, but I think I could be okay if I didn't. But no. maybe it's exactly what I need to like step my life up in like amount of work <sighs> ethic. I'll tell you something, man. Generally, and I'm a little surprised by the uh, uh, by your answer, because you have an amazing relationship with your parents. Yeah. And usually when you see that, and a good childhood, mm-hmm. usually when you see that, uh, in my, it's been my experience when I say, do you want to have kids? Yeah, eventually, or yeah, yeah, yeah. But so why, what would be the, well, just curious. Be, well, because... I'm not, and this is not kid shame, everybody. I'm super curious. No, listen, yeah. you can kid shame me all you want. <laughs> if that broke my resolve, I deserve to have children. Got it. <laughs> um, it's just because, you know, I, I did wonder that myself, but, you know, yes, I had a great family growing up. I have a great family still, but I think nobody in my family has also ever pursued an entertainment career. True. And so I just am a little, though, I can't figure out the math of how much work I currently do, how shitty I feel about how much more I think I'm supposed to be doing to really get the level of success I want and the level of reach that I want. And I'm not finding a way to do that. I don't understand how you can have two additional 24-hour-a-day jobs that consume your brain much more importantly than your career and then ever, ever... do what you want in your career. I can't get my head around it. Yeah, you know, it's a um it's an interesting thing that I think a lot of people struggle with, but I would tell you man that like you here's what you do. This is what I did. I just came became more efficient when I was you know, I, I what would take me 3 hours for my career if I was like I'm going to write 3 hours. I would just be like 
I'm not going to fuck about. I'm not going to stand up. I'm not going to walk around. Mm-hmm. I'm going to type for an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just became more efficient with what I knew I needed to do. I just didn't. There wasn't a lot of fuck about time. But how about especially in the first few years of a kid's life, you it's 20 like they need attention at every moment. Right. So but you, so how are, do you write even for an hour. Right. But you are I'm assuming you're not going to birth the baby yourself. No. That's not the plan. That's not the plan. No. The plan would have. If I have to do it. I'll do it. I know you because you're. What I like about you, Ben, is that you'll pick up the ball. Yeah, and I got such a big dick. I could push a baby through the hole. I have a much bigger hole than most people. I have a, a penis hole that's the size of like, I don't know, like certain tunnels. Wait, wait a second. This is I. This is the first in my life mm-hmm. that anybody has ever bragged about the size of their pee hole. Oh, Not the br- penis, no, no. but the pee hole. Penis is average size, but it's like barely <laughs> casing around a hole that's so big. It's like a Harry Potter villain. It's I mean, like a. It's like a like they, what they would have found underneath the castle. You know when the the. I don't watch those movies, but yeah. You didn't watch those movies? No, I watched one of them at some point, really stoned, and don't remember it. Are you not a sci-fi guy? I'm not that much of a sci-fi guy. Like, I, you know, when I was a kid, I would go see Star Trek when that came out, and I would... But no Lord of the Rings? No. No, I went and saw the first one in the theater, and I wanted to kill everybody. Like, I was... That made the movie. I was so upset. Really? I watched a three-hour movie. I didn't know anything about the lore of it, so I watched a three-hour movie that ended with zero even (laughs) mini-resolution. He just was still walking and faded to black. Yeah. That's a tough one for you. I was angry. I can imagine how angry that... Because you want some sort of conclusion to your story. Yeah. There was... They didn't even try. They're like, we know you're going to watch the next two in several years. You can wait, motherfucker. And you did... you 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 were so angry you didn't. Oh, no. You know it's crazy. So they those- enjoyed it for the first three hours. It was just the unrealistic fight sequences, the hairy feeted kids walking around, catching kids. that ring. Grown people, grown whatever. They were tiny. They were tiny. <laughs> they were tiny. They were tiny. They were tiny people. And like, the- wait, did you watch the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings? The first Lord of the Rings. Okay. And the ring, like the unrealistic size of the ring, like it would get lost too much in these wait, too wait many fight sequences. Give me some movies you do like. I mean, I have a hard time in general lately, like wrapping my head around getting too into Give me some movies dramas like. of any kind. But 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 you've used unrealistic. Because there's made times. up stories. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Every movie's unrealistic. Mm, that's not true. What wasn't? Uh, when Harry Met Sally. It's pretty realistic. When Harry Met Sally mm-hmm. is not realistic. Yeah, it is. There, you think those two people? Yeah. Stay friends that long? Yeah. And then get together. Happens all the time. Mm, all I, the time? I mean, not not that particular What's service. more common, Things that like or short men with hairy feet? That have mystical powers. Of going, <laughs> well, going, I'm just going little by little. Beating beasts? <laughs> you can't go the whole plot versus one costuming detail of the other one. <laughs> I, was, I was getting there. I was getting there. False equivalencies being created here. I love... So I grew up reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So I love that shit. I love it, love it. Like, I like sci-fi. Yeah. I, any if there, if a movie has a dragon in it, dude, I'm going to that movie. Granted, I have started watching Game of Thrones. My lady and I are and? are in season three. I love it. I love it. Okay, but so might you then go back and watch a Hobbit? You think? No, not a chance. No. Star Wars. Nothing happens in it that I like. I like like sexy action adventure. I'm not looking for like. No, there's none of that. For like childish tales of a guy bringing a ring down a forest. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I couldn't care less. <laughs> It's just, who cares? This guy thought of a story. It really has to be so entertaining to get me past the, 
oh, a dude just thought of the story, huh? Great. No, that people think of stories all the time. Such a well thought out story. It's not a kid carrying a He's ring. Just bringing a, a ring to, no. to, to a destination. No, for nine hours. That's <laughs> all it is. Okay, what movies are you digging? What do you dig? I'll tell you my top five favorite movies. I'll tell you. You know your top five yeah. favorite movies? Yeah. See, I think I would have to categorize them before I could get your top five. Because how am I going to compare Fletch with The Godfather? So wait, you said Fletch is in my top five. Oh, it's amazing. One of the best comedies, that's straight comedies ever. Because no. you just have to, like, the ones that you left, you're like, that's one of my all-time favorites. And... Once you probably said that ten times in your life, and you have to choose your five favorites out of that. All right, let's hear them. So, Meet Joe Black, number one. <laughs> That's your favorite movie of, of all, time? all time. Love it so much. Beth watches that movie. Really? Anytime it's on. Uh, she. It's, I mean, it's three hours long, and I love it. I. I so just, much happens. I'm so. I'm so. Uh, I'm so. Distracted by <laughs> the changing in the size of Brad Pitt's lips. I never noticed that. Oh yeah, they're puffy and then sometimes they're thin. And why is that happening? You think? I think he was getting them puffied and then he was. They were thinning out during the movie. They were just different, you know. Well, he's. They were puffy a lot. He's death in in, in the movie. Yeah. So maybe he can just like do whatever the fuck he wants. I with think his lips. so. He's just making his lips bigger. Yeah, he's just like duck the, lipping them lips. I, I he was the original. The original duck, duck lips. Yeah. Um, I I did like that movie a lot, but I I, I don't think. It, I don't think it even comes close to my top five, but I liked it a lot. Okay. So that, Harry Met Sally, I love. It's great. All-time great, classic. Great, 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 Fletch, Pulp Fiction, being John Malkovich. See, I can't, like, I can't argue. They're all great movies. Great movies. And I, I would, like, I would throw a Godfather 2. I would throw Midnight Run maybe as number six. I love that. I'd Godfather. throw a Godfather 2. I think the God. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Like we're talking about weed, and part of why I was slowing down. I quit smoking weed to watch movies. Yeah. Like, twelve years ago, ten or twelve years ago, because I just do not remember the movie, and I can't focus on the plot as like a neurotic entertainer and actor and comedian and game show host. Idiot test Monday through Fridays at ten and ten thirty on GSN. I can't. Uh, I can't focus on what they want me to focus on when I'm stoned I see the acting I see the directing I see the writing and I'm learning a lot like I'm yeah. watching their acting choices being made but I can't get lost in it I can only get lost in it if I'm watching it like they were intending you, me to watch it you really okay I don't know the best way to put this you really experience weed yeah you really, I really experience do. it. Like, and I don't need much. Like an eighth will last me like three months. Is that right? Yeah. I just need like two or three little hits in a pipe. And I'm super, I'm like high, great high for, you know, three, three, four hours. See that? I would love that. That would be great. That's like, it takes me, if I have one shot of tequila, I'm pretty good. I don't drink. Right. But I love that. I would hate to have to, you know. One shot of tequila does nothing to me. See, I, you know, guys who are like, man, I had 12 beers. I'm like, I would be dead. <laughs> I would be dead if yeah. I had 12 beers. But but one shot of tequila does nothing to you. Nothing. But so, and that's why I realized when I quit 10 years ago, I was hired to host a pilot of this movie, movie debate show with Gareth Reynolds years ago and gave us a list of movies they might discuss. It was like 30 movies on the list. One of them was Goodfellas. So I'm watching Goodfellas, and three hours into Goodfellas, I realized... Oh, yeah, I've seen this before. <laughs> That's when I realized I'm just not remembering shit about the things I'm watching. So then I realized recently, I'm like, well, if I quit that over a decade ago for movies because I can't focus or remember what the hell I saw, 
why wouldn't that love apply to my life? Wouldn't mm-hmm. I like to remember and focus on my life? Well, how often? Why are movies more important than my actual life? <laughs> how, how often were you getting high? Well, back in my stoner stoner days, like I was getting high like every day. Right. You know, as 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 we do. Mm-hmm. And these days, not that much. Probably like twice a week on average. So then, if you're only getting high twice a week, isn't that okay to? And I'm not trying to make you do drugs, but isn't that okay to give yourself? You're trying to both make me do drugs and have kids. You see the irony there? Yeah, it's really crazy. No, I'm just saying. I, I like to play a little devil's. I like angry. that. Um, but uh, well, then, what do you give yourself? You know, what do you give yourself? What do you give yourself? You're like, this is for me. I'm going to do this. This is fun. It's not great for me, but it's fun. Everything I do is for me. But like, do you do things that aren't good for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you still want to be able to be like, you know, I... I I drink. I'm still smoking, so I haven't cut that out yet. Right. So there's that. There's porn. There's just actual sex with, with another person, which is always good. That's so good. It's really... People don't talk about... Enough. Yeah, people don't talk about that okay. a lot. People talk about weed and alcohol <laughs> yeah. and, and, and porn. Yeah. No one talks about sex with a live human. You know what I don't understand? Like, Beth and I have some sort of sex every day that I'm in town. Shut the fuck up. Really? Oh, yeah. But That's incredible. But, like, I am... Are you high during it? No. Okay. Um... I'm not. I don't really like sex that much when I'm hot. Yeah, mouth gets dry. And I'm just yeah. concerned. I always want to have water when I'm, every and I'm stopping su- for sips. And I'm super uh, aware. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it can make you real delicate and yeah. the t- focused in a yeah. good way, but the rest is horrible. No. Yeah. Um, but uh, I forgot what I was saying. No, you were saying some kind of sex every day. Right. Right. So we have, and then somebody said to me, "Every day? Why every day?" I'm like, "Well, listen. If I told you, if you drink this glass of water." And you do it once a day, it's gonna feel great. You'd be like, "Well, why wouldn't I drink that glass of water?" I'm saying. So if you know, the sex is there, with the person who wants to also have sex with you. Yeah. Why aren't you having sex? It feels good. It's a great question. I mean, it feels good, right? Oh, it feels amazing. Okay, so and then what? What's the? I think sometimes it's just a little bit of an elaborate production. Well, you gotta remember also, I travel a lot. Yeah, right. So I'm Same home. here, though. Right, well, that's true. So if I'm, yeah. Um, what do you mean, like, do you, elaborate production? Do you get, like, do you wear capes and shit? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you fly in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you kidding me, dude? You, you know what would be great? And I would not put it past you in your house if you had a zip line. I wanted to get one. I wanted to get one from my back to the speakeasy behind the pool and just, like, zip across yeah. and drop into the pool. But apparently it seemed like logistically it would be dangerous and difficult, so I decided to skip It'd it. It'd probably be a little insurance thing, too. An insurance problem. But, um, so I guess it's just like, I don't know, porn, you can like hop in or even just masturbation. You can hop yeah. in and out in like 10 minutes. Yeah. You can't really, generally speaking, if you're trying to satisfy both parties. Yeah. It's not 10 minutes. No. So you need like an hour uh-huh. at least, but, the, but, but it's an hour and then you're like wet and sweaty and sticky and oh, you, know you what's ideally crazy? should like shower. And- when you went like this, I was like, is he smelling his finger? <laughs> no, I, didn't. I just had an itch. <laughs> I just had an itch I'm on like, my upper lip. You do. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta smell yourself for a yeah. while. It's a lot. You gotta deliver the ring back to Frodo. Yeah. Listen, always important to give yourself a little whiff. You have F- to. Wait. No. So I, I, but I'm not an hour all in. I don't think. You don't think you're an hour? Well, it depends if you're having sex or if it's other sexual acts. Yeah, and it's like if it's other sexual acts. It's definitely faster, but then it's really hard to like 
please both sides. So you're doing double solo sexual acts? Double solos? Like solos one at a time? No. Or sometimes you're just getting yours? We're making things happen. Both ways? Yeah. Okay. So it's not super fast always. No, but But also I guess it's just like, I guess... So by yourself, you can just hop in now. Yeah. But it's both people. It's like the moods have to sync up. You have to link it up, and Do then you, know you have what to. What is like... crazy, is that by your you come faster by yourself. Oh yeah, that's not, that is funny, right? You like yourself so much more. Well, it's, hey, well, it's not me. It's like the most extreme thoughts. It's not me. It's, a, it's an army of people. <laughs> Isn't that? I just thought of that. Like, you come faster by yourself. You could, so it doesn't. I'm, so I, I wonder why that is. So like sometimes it's a little bit of work, you know what I mean? Like and and if you're not drunk or anything, it's like sober sex consistently. I could see it if it was like first thing in the morning, yeah, or right before yeah. bed, right before bed, you're trying to wind down. You mix it up. You know, mix it up. Sometimes you throw a curveball in there. It's the afternoon. I, I got, would like to do it more. I got no kids in the house. What, what's the problem? So I'm having sex with uh, my lady probably like once every five six months. Well, I'm that's kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, but you've got an enormous pee hole. It's hard to. Stuff gets lost in there. I know. Hello! <laughs> it's like a, one of those giant mag flashlights. Yeah, you can hear stuff clanging around in there. Oh, Loose that chains. would be terrible. Oh, my God. That would be... like It's like one of the... What is the whale that just swims with its mouth open? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that Disneyland ride. That's that what you, it looks you like. swim into it. It just looks like that whale that swims mm-hmm. with its mouth open all yeah. the time. <laughs> Whoa. Good God. That... Uh, 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 whoever was, and somebody is, somebody's born with a large pee hole. That's Oof. that's got to be one of the that's got to be top five bad ones. Uh, uh, what makes it not a vagina at that point? What makes it not just an Audi vagina? Oh, so you could get fucked in that hole probably. Have you ever seen that? No, is that a thing? Oh, what are people putting like like paper clips in there? Or something? Oh my, ben, unfolded paper. I clips, believe obviously. it's called docking. Okay, Jesus Christ, docking. Yes, oh, not Lord. the hard rock band. Oh. Docking, but docking, oh where God. a an erect penis goes and has sex in the penis hole. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, an you erect heard penis. So the, the there's a dude. So, so, so you're talking big holes there, big penis hole. It's a docking. He he they 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 have sex with the pee hole. So they've enlarged the pee hole. Oh, quite a bit. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst video I've ever seen besides this other one I have on my phone right now. Why were you searching this video? How'd you, get, how'd you find this thing? Do you know Jenny You're Johnson? searching man-man sex Yeah, and just man-man pee-hole sex. Yeah. Man-man pee-hole sex uh, would be a great Terrible name. Terrible band name. Great name for band. No. I've realized we always say this. Really, most of them are really bad. Terrible. For band. They're terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> they really would be terrible. Man-man pee-hole sex. You can't get any radio play. It's not marketable. You can't be on posters. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to put you on the fucking... No. No. You're going to end up being called MMPS. Not terrible. Not terrible. That's and an EDM band. Mm-hmm, How's your freestyle rapping going? I would need to be high for that, but it's... Uh, been going pretty well? It's good. I haven't been doing tons of it lately, but I did do some recently on stage with a, live, with a makeshift live band, and it went great. Makeshift live? Where, where was that? Was it Summit? Oh, yeah. How was that, man? It was awesome. That was really good. My girl hopped on the drum. They had this late night jam room. You could just go in the bar and they had a whole setup. And my girl hopped on the drums. I closed my eyes and started rapping. And within seconds, I open, I, all of a sudden I hear a bass and a guitar. And like people had just picked up instruments and we had a whole thing going. 
Will you explain to everybody what Summit is? Yeah, it's this really cool organization I've been a part of for many years now. Um, they're, it's called Summit Series, but also Summit Powder Mountain. They basically uh, are building they building this like society, basically, of artists, activists, and entrepreneurs, people trying to do cool, big things in the world. And they also bought a mountain in Utah, in Eden, Utah, and they're building a city made up of people like-minded in those categories. Wait, is that right? Yeah. How do you go about building a city? It's not easy. Right? Very because expensive. Very you have to become a municipality? Yeah, I mean, they're doing it. It's very challenging. Like, I don't know a lot of the details of their project because I just try to confuse me and I get yeah. scared. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's been years and they've just laid down their first bit of road and their first... And they're making... And how many people are going to inhabit this city? Well, it'll grow slowly, but they're building, like, the new Aspen, basically. But... So they're starting it with like-minded people, but you can't keep not like-minded people out. Yeah, you can. because I, I, Is it like a gated community city? Yeah, I guess city? it won't be like a proper city. You have to, I mean, you'll have to like buy properties on the developed lands and they're going to have just, they're going to build their own properties and they're going to, or you can buy plots of land. Anybody can buy a plot of land, I guess. Right? I don't know how that works. I don't really know if, if, if they're able to vet who gets to buy properties or not. Because that would seem kind of cultish. If you're saying nobody else, if I'm if I'm saying that means you're saying that everybody here is a little better than everybody out there. No, better just maybe a different mission statement. But again, I'm not speaking for, on behalf of them. I don't really know what their strategy is. That I have no idea what they're doing as far as how you can buy stuff. I just know what is the. So tell me when you say like-minded, like who's coming to the summit? Who's coming? Artists, activists, entrepreneurs. Like every time I'm there, it's like, like okay, what kind of well, shows okay, or lectures like did you say? At the big event, they do one big event each year, and they do these small weekends on the mountain. I'm sure just microcosms of the big event. But the big event was just two weeks ago in downtown L.A., the first time they've done it in L.A. And I did three stand-up shows, including one at the Orpheum in front of 1,200 people. Hannibal Burst was on it as well. But um, I also got to lead a panel with me in conversation with, Wes- with General Wesley Clark, former NATO allied Supreme mm-hmm. Commander. How was that? What was Incredible. the panel about? I'm going to release the whole audio on, on my podcast, Last Week on Earth, soon. Um, it was uh, it was called a four star general and a comedian discussed the politics of war, and we do- dove deep into our current threats facing our country. It was just the two of you. Yeah, just the two of us. And and uh, that's amazing, and man. Wait, questions from the crowd or just yeah, the two of you? For, for the last fifteen minutes out of the hour, we did questions. And were you leading? The, so yeah. were you interviewing him yeah. or was it a conversation? I was interviewing him, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's, my interviewing style is just a conversation. Like I'm not just. It's not just questions. It's a lot of back and forth and challenging his answers and trying to make it, you know, trying to really, like, understand the issues. Um, But then at the exact same time as my session, Kobe Bryant did a talk with Cal Fussman, the legendary Esquire writer. Shonda Rhimes did a talk about creating her world all at the exact same time. Like, I didn't even want to go to my own talk. I wanted to go to one of those talks. There was my friend Mary, who's a financial journalist, was doing a talk with this guy who's, like, the Bond King and a book she's writing about bonds. And that's just at the exact same time. Three days, they had everybody there. It was it was uh, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix. It was uh, Mark and Jeff Bezos in conversation together. The two brothers, you know, one of them, the CEO of Amazon. Yeah. It was like Jane Fonda doing a talk about sex discrimination in the workplace, and amazing performances. John Batiste, since the human in queue, the brilliant poet, was there all weekend. Uh, opened performed at the opening plenary. Uh, amazing late night dance parties, great wellness events, sound. I went to this like sound. 
therapy event that was an hour long of like the most incredible trippy sounds in the world, but free food all weekend. What? There you now I'm in. Yeah, ice cream sandwiches. There you go. Well, now why don't you lead with Matcha. ice cream sandwiches? I like to close strong. <laughs> what was the thing that you took away from your conversation with him? Like, what was the one thing that you really you were not you didn't see coming? You weren't expecting. I wasn't expecting that he thinks that the Trump administration is trying to march us toward war with North Korea. Like, he thinks they're planning for war. Why? Did you ask him why? Yeah. He just thinks that that's what they think is the best course of action, the only course of action left to do, to take. And he's advised strongly against it, but we're still recording, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that was really... That's crazy. Scary. What I kind hope. of reaction did that get from the crowd? Was it, was it a gas? No. Just intently listening. Probably some drop jaws, but and that's just his opinion based on the people he's talked to. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in the know much more than us, but um, he's been retired for a while, so it's not like he's getting active intelligence, but um, that's just what he thinks. What is, kind is, of. Is the grumblings. What kind of. Um, so when you're sitting down to interview him. Yeah. What kind of research do you do? Do you go in with a one line of questioning right here and then you just kind of talk to him and if you need to go back to the questions you do how did you approach that yeah basically that the latter there I had some cards prepared from a lot of research I'd done about him and just my knowledge already of the current political and and foreign policy landscape you know I'm very political so mm-hmm. I already felt pretty good about my knowledge in those categories I just wanted to know a lot about him and then I had a bunch of questions on like four index cards I never looked at. And maybe I glanced at it once to make sure I didn't miss anything I really wanted to cover. But then I just had a conversation and just float around. And how long was the conversation? An hour and five minutes, maybe an hour long. So yeah. That's amazing, man. And how did you get hooked up with the the whole summit? The uh, Like six years ago, my friend Sophia Bush, the actress and activist, um, she fits two of those three categories right there. She's also an entrepreneur, I think. So it's three of uh, three. Um, just invited me for her 30th birthday to, she was like, I'm going to this fun thing I go to in, in uh, Utah for my 30th birthday. You want to come party all weekend? And I was like, yeah, sounds fun. I'll do yeah. that. And I didn't realize I was going to this thing. That's amazing. That began to be, it's become like a re- one of my favorite things in life. It's and it's like, open to the public? Yeah. Anybody can apply to attend the weekends. You have to be approved. That's amazing. Anybody can apply. That sounds. Summit.co. You can go to the website. That sounds amazing. Where are they doing it next year? I think L.A. again. But the, I'm, other, I'm but the last two years, they chartered a private ship. I'm applying. Yeah, you should. I am. That sounds like an amazing They chartered weekend. a cruise ship the last two years, and it was incredible. Last year, I was on the cruise ship. I ended up doing a show. I almost slept through my last show because there were so many activities and things to do, and Wim Hof was there, the Iceman, teaching us how to breathe and conquer cold temperatures, which I think we were talking about last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I wake up suddenly, right when the show's already been going on for 20 minutes, I shower, run down to the comedy club on the boat, and I'm closing out the show, and Quentin Tarantino's in the front row. And so I got to, like, I made fun of him. I did the crowd work with him. It was really fun. And What did uh, you say about him? Uh, you know, I ask everybody in the crowd, what is it that you do? So I turned to him, like, what is it that you do? <laughs> and he goes, I'm a writer. And I go, well, stick with it, buddy. I think it's going to work out. Like, you just have to, you got to write every day. That's what they say. you got to write something every day. And, uh, and I'm like, you know what, actually, like, I, I don't know if I see writing for you. Like, you have kind of like a presence. Like, I feel like you'd be more of a director kind of guy. 
And that was the crux of yeah. my interactions with him, really. And then he hung out afterwards for 45 minutes and chilled with the comics, and we had the greatest time who talking else and was, laughing. And then who else went? He partied with us all night, went like dancing with his, with awesome. his girlfriend and stuff. Who else were the comics yeah. on, on the boat last year? Last year was uh, Mo Amr and Rami Youssef and Baratunde Thurston and Thomas Dale and... Uh, and what about this year down there? Who was down there? Um, Christelle Alonzo. This year, and I helped curate the comedy oftentimes. The year before was Jake Chris Newberg and Ben Morrison and and uh, Drew Lynch. and Ben and Morrison is killing it. He's killing it. Kill killing it. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, killing it. Yeah, he's having a great time. He's one of the head writers on Funny You Should Ask. Yeah. And uh, touring and having a great time. But um, And he and I have a rap group together, so you know that's the highlight of his life and mine. <laughs> What's the, the name of the rap group again? Ben's. Yeah. You can hear our one official song, anti-social media. No, I think you rapped it. You yeah, might have played it a little bit, time. or you rapped it last oh, time. I might have played it on the phone and rapped over the beat yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, and SoundCloud.com slash Ben's Ben's Ben's, and uh, and then this year was Chris D'Elia, Justine Marino, Hannibal Burris, uh, Eliza Schlesinger. That was the crew this year. Man, Chris D'Elia, Rami makes, Yusuf makes me Hannibal laugh. I mean, oh yeah, he's so funny. Holy shit, he Such makes a me funny out. persona he's created. Yeah, a really specific, very funny, yeah. unique persona. Yeah, it just makes you laugh out loud. It's like because he hits these tones that just make you laugh. Yeah. So early on, he they, he had a lot of comparison to Dane, right? Mm. But I never really thought just an energy, maybe just an energy and physicality and physicality. Yeah. But they didn't talk about the same stuff. And I always found Chris, I mean, if I'm being honest, just to be funnier. Mm -hmm. I just like his style of comedy a little more. Yeah. Right? Um, but now, did you see his latest special? No. I don't watch a lot of stand-up. Uh, let me hit that. All right. This is the Indica one or no? This is, no, the Indica one's right there. Oh, let you me try that. You want the Indica one? E no, I'll try this one because this is already lit and well, we're I'm doing a podcast. I don't need to fall asleep. I'm going you know? to light it for you. Um, but I, his latest special man was really Wait, good. bro, this fucking bricks <laughs> under your barbecue are sick. The bricks? I don't know, I'm just practicing. Oh, like, <laughs> are you practicing? Really <laughs> um, his, his latest special dude was really good. Really? Really good. And a departure from his, what he had been doing on stage. You need more? Oh, uh, sure. A departure from what he'd been doing on stage before. He really just got, dove into himself. That seems like what, like... Through the pee hole? Yeah, he went straight through the pee hole and up the urethra. I hope that's what it's called. Me too. I don't, biology, I was terrible. I was very bad at biology, chemistry. You're not a science guy? Not really. I love science and I'm really into quantum physics. I feel like I'm, I'm much better at every subject. Stop, since, stop right there. What do you mean school? I'm really into quantum physics? What is that? You don't just say I'm really into quantum physics. Who's. I just said that. Yeah, I know you did, but like, how, how, how what does that mean? You you go home, you're going to do something? No. I'm lazy. So when I say I'm really into anything, <laughs> when I say really into anything, this means I'm very interested in it, and I like when it comes across my eyes. I'll read an article here and there. The old lazy but quantum <laughs> physicist. <laughs> but I just had a great yeah. conversation with a quantum physicist that blew my mind. He was not lazy. 
No. Can you be lazy? We're going to be... get together soon, and I look forward to it because I'd like to dive more into it. Tell me, please, like how you got into it and what exactly it what it what it is. Well, I'm no expert, okay? okay? But from what I love about quantum physics and to my understanding of it, it basically is the science of the parts of the of the world of the universe of our existence that we don't quite understand and it's quantum theory is these like alternate explanations based on mounting 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 evidence that it's not quite what we think it is so it's this like mystical um science that is not always proven out by like hard science it's different it goes against some of the example. rules of the physical world so like quantum superposition for example is one <laughs> that was my nickname in high school <laughs> my favorite sex movie. yeah 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 i kill that one girl i'm gonna no wonder it takes you, you no wonder it takes you an hour as <laughs> <laughs> a callback Get what every angle um so quantum superposition means that items it just doesn't sound real Oh, it's real though. Items that are not currently in our field of vision mm-hmm. are not where we th- where we last placed them. They are everywhere. They're in every possible position. And until you look and check on it, that's the first moment that it actually snaps into being in the place where it is. Yeah. So but- my best example of that in like a sports analogy, I always believe that w- example of that is like Willie Mays' famous basket catch mm-hmm. that he caught over his shoulder running towards the back wall. Right. Yeah. He had a sense of the trajectory of the ball, but then he just turned around and fucking didn't look. And he just willed the ball into his glove. He just, the ball could have been any number of millions of places, not in his glove, but he just influenced his quantum field to make that ball just drop into his fucking glove. Or, (laughs) (laughs) I think you know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that would mean that that woman in that house isn't really in that house until I look at the house and then she's in the house. But that's true. That's true. No, she's I mean, in the house. You saying in a blind person's world, nothing's there. No, it's not about looking. It's observing in any manner. Listening, hearing, seeing. But seeing's a big part of it. Okay, so but but she's not in that house until I, I, I because see she her. Because she might be or she might not be. You don't know if she's home, right? Right. So that's my point. But Anything's possible I, until you check on it. But what if I knew she was home? Then, then she's there whether I'm looking at her or not. But she could have left. You don't know. She could have left to go for a walk for five minutes. I mean, you're, it's true. I think you're nitpicking. No, because the whole point is that you think she's there. Right. She's probably there, but you don't know for 100% fact she's there. Like that house over there. Stranger things have happened, right? Yeah. Most, by the way, stranger things too. I haven't watched any of it. What? I don't know how you make time even to watch media. I think I might be having less hours in my day. I don't know what I'm doing. You, wrong. You, what do you? What, give, me your, like give me your day. Nothing done. Give me, give me what? my day. Yeah, here, give me your day. Here's my typical day. All right. I'm gonna start in the eve- late night because that's what I think I know best. Uh, I come home from a comedy club or dinner, and I like, watch the news. Then I usually watch also Vice News. Then maybe I will. Uh, check email again, respond to texts that keep popping in. I will um, sometimes maybe watch an episode or two of something in the back room. Uh, you know, if, if my girl and I are trying to bang out Game of Thrones, which is like rare. We mostly did that mm-hmm. when I was home a lot recently um, for a stretch of some weeks. And I'll just like read articles on the internet. I will be on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be interacting, getting like unnecessary Trump fights with <laughs> people. How many of those do you get in a day? 
I get an, an average probably 1.2 at one no one every two days one every two days one every two days on average because some nights I'll bang on like five of them at once is it generally I like because Trump people don't follow you right yeah they do and I lose followers every day oh but they do follow some of them still do some of them haven't haven't had enough yet and and they and they just some of them I think tolerate it because they like my other content right and do they what do they say back to you libtard is used every single time <laughs> that one makes me laugh yeah it's just like I mean, you can't be taken seriously if your only response is like the dumbest most core le- visceral level of of the right's talking points or of like stuff that ri- that Rush Limbaugh shouted through a radio five times libtards libtards and snowflakes they all have snowflake and libtard in it it's such he- a regurgitation in my opinion here's the thing too especially when they're and not critical thinking. Talking to comics. Yeah. That's what bothers me. Just, like, put a little thought into it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a professional. Just don't... Just hit me right. with some original, you know? Right. That's all yeah. I want. I, I'm... Yeah, I'm just more annoyed by the unoriginality of the comment. I'm down for some, any debate. I just want some original content. Yes. That's I'm all I want. for any debate. So when it says that stuff, I get a little angry inside, but I never really ever get angry publicly. Yeah. I'm really trying to make it my mission because I think one of my missions I'm trying to make for myself in life actually and a show I'm still developing like a slow, lazy motherfucker so I'll get back to it in a second telling you how my day is like. Maybe you can solve this for me. <laughs> because I need it bad, Josh. All right? I think I've done three things since Chelsea lately ended. I think I, like, I, like I, I had a lunch and I think I did a set here and there. And that was three years ago. Um, wait, they're coming for us, Josh. No, yeah, they're going to... You know, we, the joke was... low, dude. Yeah, that plane is... They're landing at Van Nuys. I just flew a plane recently. Get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, it was Who really Who let trippy. you fly a plane? A dope dude. My friend a Nick. A dope indeed. Who I met at, at Summit and who's starting a web series. So we remember, remember we get back to it. I got to finish the Trump point right. and then my day. Okay. But um, he uh, has a plane company and he owns these like small and mid-sized planes and he's a pilot, and he wants to do a web series. He wanted to call it Comedians and Cars. I mean, sorry, uh, <laughs> Comedians and Planes. Yeah. And I was like, it's too like too much like Comedians yeah. and Cars. Here's what you should call it, Comedians on Another Plane. That's a good one. Because we're on planes yeah. all the time, and hopefully the conversations are like another plane of thought, and it's nice. Yeah. And they called it that. So I just was his first guest in New York, and he's supposed to fly you to a gig is the premise, but... Instead, he just flew me around Manhattan. I literally flew over the Hudson. You were in the driver's seat. Yeah, I'm going to show you a video. Why? Did he have any so control at co- all? Yeah, I, I, of course. I only flew for like a couple minutes. I was in the co-pilot seat. Yeah. He's piloting. But we're on camera, and I thought he, maybe he would say yes crazily. And I'm like, uh, can I fly the plane? Mid-air. I have a friend in the back, two friends in the back. And they were like, no. Peg and Lena. No. Yeah. They, we can't hear them. They can only hear uh, us. Oh. They hear me say this. Did they hear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They heard everything we were saying. And what but did we they say? Did, I, I they, don't know. Did they panic? Uh, probably. Lena got sick shortly thereafter, and we had to land a little earlier because, <laughs> because her stomach he said, couldn't handle the idea of me fucking Sure. Flying. And you were like, great. Yeah. And they just started to projectile vomit. Yeah. That's probably what did it. Now that I think back, <laughs> that is probably what caused her to be sick, the prospect of me flying the plane. Dude, that is so ballsy. Yeah, and I just grabbed the controls, and I was a little timid at first. Then he explained you can turn like way more dramatically than I ever thought. So I was like barely moving. And yeah. he's like, no, you can do this. 
and like the fucking wing just dips and all of a sudden you're going at like a 45 degree angle towards the river and I'm like that's cool to do he's like yeah I'm like well if you keep going further you'll eventually like completely spin 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 over right he's yeah. like yeah even that would be okay if you do it fast enough and I'm like all right and I've been hang gliding so like that like I'm not particularly afraid of like Wait, floating through the air you've been uh, that is something I think is a big no for me for 30 minutes I was flying like a bird it's a big yes for me Wait so, was there somebody... Instead of watching Lord of the Rings, I want to fuck... I'm wearing a <laughs> ring, and I'm just flying Wait, through my own somebody, adventure. is somebody on the... Not to make it sound like I'm some great explorer. I'm mostly just home doing neither. Is somebody on the boat with you? On the wing? Yeah, you have, a, you have a co... We have a pilot that did mostly, but I also flew that myself oh, yeah, for that. minutes. I'm I flew myself for minutes. But on somebody else gliding. is on there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good then. Then yeah, I'm yeah, good. I'll good. go. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. Have you done skydiving? I haven't, but I would. And so... He said yes, and I start flying. I was being very timid, but you can pull back, and the plane rises higher into the fucking air. And then I push oh, down. Your friends and it's were going shitting. Down. Yeah, they were probably shitting. And like I was going very mildly, but still, you're you're moving. And like we're over the Hudson, we're flying right above the Statue of Liberty. We're heading towards downtown Manhattan. So we're about a thousand feet in the air. He has to bring it down to about three or four hundred once we get into yeah. downtown Manhattan, which is insane. We were flying under the. One World Trade Building, the Freedom oh, Tower. Jesus. Like I have a photo with it way above our heads in the plane. It was bananas, dude. And um, yeah, it was a real flipping trip. And then, um, God, it's so many fucking videos I take. The amount is just mind-boggling. Okay. I'm so, going back just four days, and I went through like 200 videos. <laughs> That's what I'm doing by day. Part of the time, shooting fucking videos. For what? My Instagram story, I'm addicted. You are? I don't fucking... I'm creating Tarantino-esque movies on my it, Instagram story that, every other day. How's that going for you? Dude, the same seven or 800 people <laughs> love it. And sometimes 400 people. Sometimes 300. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Like, for me, I... I the story thing I just can't get into. It. I'll what? post on Instagram, but why not just post all that stuff on your page? On the like, main grid? Yeah. That's a very good question. Like I never understood why the story. Why not just the grid? Because you can because you can create a narrative throughout the day. What's brilliant about the stories they're springing up everywhere is because they post in sequence. You're literally just telling a narrative storyline and it's the easiest way to ever create it. Like if there was an app where you could and like, it is you back to back to back right. To back. So you know yeah. what you can literally create a movie. I can shoot you saying one line, and I do the next shot, and I need this line. So all the time while they have my girl on dates, whatever. Literally, she always is so sweet. She's an actress, so why wouldn't you want to indulge it? But she indulges it always. I'm like, all right, baby, real quick, I need you to be angry at me. You're pissed at me, and your line is whatever. And I fucking give her a line, and I shoot her line, and I would shoot the reverse. We shoot a couple times, sometimes a couple takes, a few different angles of it, <laughs> make sure we get the fucking great yeah, one. Yeah. And then now, so now my angle replying to it even though we shot it 40 seconds apart plays like a movie like back to back and you actually can fully create care about every detail of this narrative and it drives me actually fucking bonkers lately now that I think about it that more people aren't seeing it because I'm putting some of the best stuff I'm doing in my life is for Instagram <laughs> all those videos are that but I save them all what uh, do you oh yeah I'm about to upload them all to my Facebook and my YouTube so all the work's not going to be in vain I'm going to start doing it daily instead of all later well then that ought to free up some time <laughs> <laughs> that was my dad calling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's the video. Let's see this. Oh, but where actually is that the video? Here it is. How long ago did this happen? This was four days ago. Before four days ago. Did the Today Show that morning? Then went to this airfield in yeah. Jersey. No, no, in Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. 
Okay. And flew this little plane, and then the next morning, one of, uh, the, one of those little Buddy Holly airplanes. Yeah. Look, I'm fucking turning it right, and the plane's moving towards shit. the damn ground. Yeah, try to stay over wherever. Try I to stay over the water. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. People don't miss flying into their backyard. It's crazy. He's he's flying the airplane. Yeah, and it was really really a trip, man. I mean, but the hang gliding, incredible, a magical, incredible. So, what is, what are the things that you still are looking to do? And that's off the wing of the airplane, of the Freedom Tower. Holy moly. Obviously, that cartoon emoji was not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got that, it. Is that Got a trippy it. fucking photo? Yeah. So it was, look at that picture of the Empire of the Statue of Liberty I took, like, right above it. That's amazing. I mean, <sighs> so what? It's going to be on Facebook Watch, that series, coming soon. Facebook Watch? Mm-hmm. You know about that? No, what is it? That's Facebook's, like, TV network now, basically, competing with... YouTube Red and Amazon, Netflix, and all the major networks. I mean, I, the new reality, I mean, it's great. There's, there needs to be more good, accessible, um, topical content, yeah. but like really good level on the internet. They used to like start competing in, in late night. What mm-hmm. I want to do is like the, the first real late night talk show for the web. We're kind of trying to do that right now, but not, probably not in the same way, vein that you would do your show I would think right I think we'd have different approaches right <laughs> yeah but I yeah. mean people but have done talk shows for the web before it's no one's hit with it yet no no but you know what the thing is man is that um they're also missing a huge audience a huge audience they're missing the audience that doesn't want to hear any political jokes at all right they're missing them Entirely. Is that what you're creating? Because that's smart. That's what I'm creating. That's smart. Can I come on and talk about Trump? <laughs> but you know what I mean? They're missing the people who actually come to my shows because they know I don't talk politics at all. I know. I just got into a little mini debate about that exact thing with, with this comic on who follows me on Facebook. And I just got I had this video that I just posted from this last week in St. Louis. I was doing a pro-gay rights and pro-trans rights bit. Mm-hmm. And this guy starts cussing at me during the bit. He goes, you're just so fucking political. It was, I was four seconds into politics. It was my first joke of the political mm-hmm. turn that I just do for about five to ten minutes of my hour in total. And I keep telling the joke, I ignore him, and then he goes again and goes, you know what, fuck you, man, and fuck this shit. This political bullshit, you political fuck. Well, he... That's because he was anti whatever you were right. saying, and I threw him out. I'm yeah. like, you homophobic motherfucker, get out of my show. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. I like angrily threw them out. I'm like, it's just we cannot tolerate tolerance, intolerance. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't actually get that right for the poster. We can't tolerate tolerance. I printed six thousand of these guys. Let's take them out to the march. What? Yeah. Intolerance. Oh, oh, it, damn it. Damn it. Can everyone just get a black marker? <laughs> Um, so, uh, I just got so mad 
And as he's walking out, I'm like, just so you know, next time you get your hair done, it's gay people. Just so you know, next time you wear clothes, it's gay people. Yeah. Good luck in your nudist colony. Well. It doesn't sound bad, but no, <laughs> no, it does. But it's not. It sounds terrible. Yeah. But 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 you, but you should feel okay doing political jokes because that's part of who you are, right? And the people who come see you know who you are. This is very much what I'm trying to. What I've been wrestling with all the last few weeks is I don't know to what degree that's true because people know me from such different things. People know me from Chelsea lately, which is. Mm-hmm. Very fluff pop culture nonsense, mm-hmm. and they know me mostly now from my game show, and it's a game show. So even though it's a smart game show that I see it as this thing that probes people's logic inconsistencies, and I see it as also a hard hitting comedy show where I make risque jokes, I think probably most of Game Show Network's audience that also just watch Family Feud for three hours is is just loving game shows yeah. and seeing me as just like a nice all American game show host, which I am that as well. Yeah, I'm an all American dude that loves this country. And just loves entertaining people and loves making people laugh and thinks that our problems shouldn't weigh us all down. I just currently can't help but talk about certain political things because we're also at the precipice of like big, huge social change. And not the precipice. It's happening. It's flying by us every day. Another reason why I can't understand watching some other story about some guy delivering a fucking ring. It's like we actually are living in the (laughs) ultimate battle of the future, the ultimate battle of the planet, better than any Star Wars or Star Trek plot. It's all based on derivations of our own world and our own lives. And we're all like, yeah, let me just watch nine hours of this guy deliver a ring through a forest. <laughs> no, forest. like, how about deliver the fucking ring of freedom to our planet? Well, here, wow. It could be just as fun. I mean, it that... It could be just as fun because you're actually just fighting the ultimate video game. That's another joke I've been developing lately. <laughs> it's like everybody wants virtual reality. You put on a fucking heavy helmet, hurts your neck and your, and your fucking nose instantly. Yeah. And they're hoping at best it comes close to approximating what exactly life is if you just take off the goggles. They're just trying to recreate what we have in 3D all around us, everywhere. It's really interesting. I never thought of that before. But you really are. You're like... We wanted all of escapism. To we me, just wanted to look realistic. But you know what That's else why looks? Only 100% of what I read is nonfiction, news stories, real shit. But well, here's what I would say. But but I understand what you're saying, and I watch the news a lot. It I know how it makes me feel. So when, for me, when I go on stage, I also don't want to talk about it. You know what right. I mean? I don't want to either. Yeah, and so and I'd so, much rather have fun for now. Yeah, it's for me. It's just have some fun and and uh, and and forget that for a second. And for me also, I remind them: look, not everybody in this room agrees with each other, but we all just had a good time for an hour. Like true, right? So there's some things you can agree on. That's a beautiful approach too, and I think we, we that's the point I made to the comedian that made this comment. I believe it was Paul May, and. He was like, of course you have the right to do it, but I just think people want to forget for an hour. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. If you want to let them forget and make you just be a fun, fluffy hour, Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. People need to laugh. But you can't tell other comics. Mm -mm. He was like, nobody wants to see it. You shouldn't do it. You should just make them laugh for an hour. I'm like, there's no shoulds. The history of comedy has been very pivotal in the social change of our planet. But also... And of our country, hugely. Norman Lear... Bigly. 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 <laughs> you have no idea. My show alone, The Apprentice. It changed television. Bigly. It 
reframed the way we look at the country. It should have won those Emmys. It should have won. Okay. Dude. <laughs> you, here's my thing, though. Here's my thing is that nobody should tell you whether you want to talk politics or not. Right. That's completely 100%. up to you. But so, and it's not easy. When I start the bit I've been doing lately, and even I'll do it only like every other show because it takes a lot out of me, is this bit about I'm taking on gun control, trying to find compromise within a bit, in the middle of a bit. And I talk on both sides of the gun control issue, and I explain that I like guns. And I personally think no one should ever try to take away our guns. I love that we have a right to bear arms, and I also personally shouldn't own a gun because I would accidentally kill somebody. <laughs> right. I've been a gun range, I like drop the gun. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, who's this fucking <laughs> asshole? And, um, but then I suggest compromises in the middle. And then I have this bit where I make fun of the Constitution, right? Not make fun of the Constitution, make fun of our interpretation of it, rather. Never make fun of the Constitution. It's the foundation of our democracy, and it's the, it's, it's the most beautiful document that we have, the most important document we have. But when people say things that just don't use their brain, that's why I feel like my life really leaves me there with idiot tests and brain puzzles, and it's like my life, I'm realizing my, the, the brand, the message, the person I want to be is just the person that helps keep the world's logic to account helps us like think through some of our problems well and so, you can be that guy right exactly and and that guy talks about politics right and that constitution bit is hilarious it's one of the funniest bits i've written um that's I, awesome and, yeah and people who come to the show like it oh yeah but it just gets light i just make a point quickly i'm not heavy-handed and i make a joke everybody's gonna laugh at and i just make fun of how people think the the founders are these perfect futurist geniuses right that knew exactly how the country would unfold and they yeah. saw we'd get more complex weapons and they knew every detail I'm like no they didn't they're regular dudes they wrote this shit while wearing curly powdered <laughs> wigs saying like George come George great teeth by the way George we all know when your teeth are fucked wood is the only way and I love the capri pants George and the tights and the pilgrim shoes and the puffy Seinfeld shirt that's Puffy how men will always shirt. dress for the rest of time. <laughs> That's the furthest men's fashion will evolve. Now let's finish drafting this document on the world's finest writing implement, a fucking feather. <laughs> they wrote it with a feather, Josh. On, they wrote... On parchment paper. <laughs> on parchment paper. Like, on, were we wrapping up a on gift bark. here? Yeah. Dude, they fucking... Wrote it with a feather by candlelight. They had no, by candlelight, they had no idea what world we were going to live in. So they gave us, luckily, an excellent foundation for the general world and for America at that time. But the um, the Constitution's been amended already over thirty times. So when people say, so I make the point of my act. I'm like, look, so make any gun argument you want, pro or against. But what you should not do is use just blatant political talking points that don't make logical sense. Like when people say, you can't touch. Guns, because in the Constitution. Second Amendment. You can't touch my guns in the Second Amendment. Because amendment means they had to change the Constitution to get it in there. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the title. Right. Amendment. amendment. Yeah, they yeah. amended it. So you can change the Constitution, so you cannot just logically say. Right. the point I make. You can't logically say you can't touch them because it's in the Constitution. Because that's just a dumb statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... but it's it's a, like a we're in a really tough spot because there's no way people are giving guns back. That's not that's never happening. I don't think we need to give guns back. Okay, and but so we're, there's no way we're giving. So there's already a 
shit ton of guns out there. Yeah. So the problem's not in reducing the supply. I think that would be unsuccessful. You need to strike you need to strengthen the laws that enforce carrying in different scenarios. You have to make sure those laws are pitch perfect. You have to reform and make very tight a universal background check system so you can just bar mentally ill people from getting a gun. We all agree on that. Yep. I say that in my act. It's like there's a middle ground that makes perfect sense to all of us. And I'm like, also, a universal background waiting period of three days is completely reasonable. The yep. gun lobby shouldn't be against that. They're still getting the sales money. They're still getting just money. Just in three days. Most people, their jobs have to wait two weeks to get paid. Yeah. You can wait three days. And I say, That's if like, you, you know what? It's, it's a long weekend. Yeah, it's a long weekend. I say in the act, if three days is... If you need a gun at this exact moment, probably waiting is a really smart yeah. idea yeah. to calm down a little bit. You know who should... Cool down. Yeah. <laughs> And you, you shouldn't get ben, guns faster than you can get toilet paper through ben, Amazon Prime. Ben, you know who shouldn't get guns right now? Somebody who wants a gun right now. Exactly. Yeah. That's basically how I say it. Yeah. A bit. If you need a gun right now, hold on a little. Yeah. Take a breath. But I'm with you. Like, I, I, I am. Uh, I and am then we're all good. And then you limit. I think you also limit the. I think, I think you should limit the size of the magazines. And not certainly should not allow and have stricter, more strict punishments for people modifying guns to become basically like automatic weapons when they were not intended to be. That should be harshly hard, hard enforcement against the law. And but I see both sides of it because if you're, I also believe that while the Constitution, of course, is the law, that's what you have to follow. Yeah. And part of it is theirs for well-armed militia, citizen militia, to rebel against the government. Yeah. And there are two for unfortunate or fortunate truths. We cannot overpower the government. No amount of guns you can have in your compound or your house could ever overpower the United States government because they have fucking nerve agents and bombs <laughs> yeah. and drones and can just obliterate you in one second. Yeah. You can't ever win. Yeah. So that argument is a little bit moot that you need it to overpower the government. You can't. I get it, though, while it says that, since they're going to have such fucked up weapons, at least let me have a crazy arsenal and a rocket launcher and like some crazy machine guns to try to fight it off longer. And I think that's fair too because it should be a free world and the government shouldn't have the ability to like not let us protect ourselves. So I, I think that's important to protect and I, for that reason, have issues with like some conflicted thoughts in my brain about whether or not you should outlaw big capacity chambers and stuff because the whole point of it is to defend yourself in under attack right you want those bullets to come out fast yep yeah i, I agree pretty much everything you said and I, and i think the problem is is that we don't deal in middle grounds anymore yeah there's no because once you step away from the extreme you're automatically on the other side so right so so you could be at a fucking 10. And as soon as you just right. tone down to a 9, you're automatically one of them. Because nobody's tolerant for other opinions. Like, we can't ever have a conversation. You're right. If one side is at 10 and 9 and one side is at 1 and 0, you'll never get to 5. No. Because people, you're right, freak out if you say anything or ask any hard questions. You, but listen, you you know, you've seen it. You identify yourself as a Democrat probably, right? No. 
I've never identified as a party. If I had, if I were forced at gunpoint to choose one, I would choose the Democratic Party because they align with most of my values much better. Well, but I don't like the party system. I think it's the poison in our system. It's yeah, insane. But that's what I mean. That's so I don't what subscribe to it. That's what is just divides you. Right. If you just if there was just like whatever. That's not the point of making my act. I'm like, guys, we're being sold the worst false narrative ever, so the people in power can have all the money and keep having us fight each other, literally over stuff that is not the real issue. They have us painted as red and blue, like we're wearing different jerseys, like we're on opposing teams. We don't think of them as like us at all if they're on the other side of what you are. And I even say, look at the colors they gave us. Red and blue is the exact colors of Bloods and Crips. (laughs) That's literally the most stark, animosity-filled setup for a nation. It's not a football game. It's not a pickup basketball game where you're trying to win over the other side. You're trying to yeah, but have that's a coup. How, you want the country to get together. But that's how it's been along. pitted, right? So when you show the map and it shows the blue and the red, it looks like it's a fight. Exactly. It looks like an elephant fighting a donkey. It looks like a fucking... So, I've seen that movie. National Geographic murder scene. <laughs> and it's not the reality. I'm friends with that, Tommy Laren. Is that yours? Yeah. Okay. I'm friends with Tommy Laren, who is the ultimate oh my firebrand of the other side. Yeah. How is that a thing? How's what a thing? How how did that become a thing that you're friends with her? Um, well, I we booked her to be a pundit against Cenk Uger from the Young Turks, like perfectly cast the two mm-hmm. like leaders of the, you know, thought some of the thought leaders of their each respective sides t- together. And she shows up there and... She just was an awesome person. She's really cool and nice, really sweet. She was actually a fan of mine, of ours, from Chelsea Lately. She said to me a thing that made me fucking feel older than I've ever felt. She literally said, this is kind of like a fangirl moment for me because I watched you on Chelsea Lately so long. I'm I'm like, that's cool. And she goes, yeah, I would watch it all the time with my mom when I was in high school. <laughs> I lost my mind. I was like, I'm old actually. Oh no. <laughs> you were like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, man. You know who actually you know who I like a lot who's um who actually I had on this podcast is Kat Timp oh, from Fox. Cool. I just yeah. She was amazing, dude. That's and cool. Funny, funny, funny. She that's started cool. as a comic out here. Oh really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Tommy's the nicest. Like, aside from her political views, which I uh, d- agree with none of them. Yeah. Um, but then none, you don't talk almost none, none, but almost none. But you don't talk politics. Oh, we her. do. I went to when I was playing Dallas last year when she was still working at Glenn Beck's network. I went on her on her Facebook Live and mine, she gets, you know, in the millions of views, yeah. live debated the whole election with her. You did. Issue by issue on both of our Facebooks from Glenn Beck Studio in Dallas and then just disagreed but had the great civil discourse the whole time. But and, disagreed on basically everything. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Yep. And, um, and then the next night she came with some friends to see my show at Hyena's in Dallas yeah. and then took me out drinking with her friends afterwards and we danced and drank and had a blast. Scale of zero to ten, what number do you give yourself as a dancer? 
This is a real point of contention in my life, Josh, because... Is it? With you and who? With me and everybody I've ever dated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Not so everybody, but a, a few of them. They feel like you're not as good of a dancer as you think you are. Yeah. And they're wrong. Well... Because I can dance. <laughs> I mean, I'm a... I, I feel objectively like I've got fucking much more rhythm than 93% of men on this planet. So I can't be that I'm not a good dancer. I know how to fucking move to some music in a fucking dope way. So I think they're judging because they're not comfortable in themselves. Even though my current girlfriend's a dancer and that wouldn't make logical sense. Maybe yeah. she feels competition. Maybe she feels oh, competition is she, breathing down her neck. Is she, one of the, is she one of the people who doesn't think you're a great dancer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Josh. I don't like to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of the makes me so uncomfortable. I get so offended when I hear that. Okay. 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 So, <laughs> okay. I so, got to talk about this in my act. Yeah. So give me a number. Like what number do you give yourself? For any guy or for a white guy? For you. When you get on the, when you get on I'm the. I'm saying on the scale of all guys or just white guys. Well, I don't know. I would give myself like a 7.5. For all guys, yeah. and like a 9.9 for white guys. Okay, and so your current girlfriend would give you like a... a probably a, a two or three in both. <laughs> that is a huge discrepancy. That's I don't know not if like even a... register on the black eye scale <laughs> in her eyes. Yeah, that's a huge discrepancy. That's a big... That's a big... Let's I meet mean, in the middle. I've been saying swing. that's my goal in yeah, life. Yeah. Let's meet in the middle. Give me a five. Yeah. Five and a half. I don't feel terrible about a five. No, I'm good with that. I, but I will tell you, and I've said this before, that there's one song that whenever it comes on, it makes me feel like I'm the best dancer in the world. What song? Erotic City by Prince. Ah! Prince really does create some rock and roll jams. Oh, come on. You ever see him live? Um. Yes. This is a true story that nobody would believe when you first hear it. Prince came to my birthday party once. Hmm? Yeah. Prince came to my birthday party. So I never saw him perform live, but it was the dopest Wait, fucking thing. Wait, how old were you? Um, it was my wish. I was five. No, I'm kidding. I was, <laughs> I was like 30. What? 31, 32. Why did he come to your birthday party? Um, so I, my good friend J.B. Moresco always runs like the dopest places in Hollywood nightlife and like the coolest place. He's always, and he always finds an amazing place for me and, uh, to, 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 uh, have my birthday party. And this one year, year he gave me the, gave me writer's room in Hollywood mm -hmm. behind Musso and Frank. Mm -hmm. It used to be the back room of Musso and Frank. It's actually, and it's currently behind supper club. It's where Raymond Chandler and, um, other famous authors who I'm blanking on now. The guy that wrote The Great Gatsby. Uh, Old Stone now, and so that's what happened. I know. The fucking guy. You know, it doesn't matter. Anyway, oh famous authors wrote back there, and this beautiful club, and he gave it to me private just for my friend because I knew I'd have like 150 or 200 people come out, and he's like, cool, if you can bring out that many people for your birthday, then you can get the whole place. So I'm like, perfect. So private, the whole place. Everybody knows it's just my friends allowed here. But JB had said to me, I, I'm not, of course, unless like any of our super VIPs drop in. Right. I'm like, yeah, who would be bothered by that? And all of a sudden, in the middle of my birthday party, four or five, probably about six, seven years ago, at the coolest spot in the world, an entourage just fucking walks down through the middle Stop of the it. outdoor Moroccan patio 
in the middle of it is Prince. And he's walking right by, up to me and by me and about to go past. And I'm thinking, like, the one thing I was thinking I was going to say is, like, Prince, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, this is actually my birthday party. And this is so cool that you're here. It was just for my friends. And, like, I'm a huge fan, so you're my friend if you want to be. Please, you know, <laughs> hang all night or whatever. I rambled a little at the end. That's why I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just got nervous. And I'm like, not nervous. Nothing makes me nervous, actually. I easily could have talked to him. Right. Nothing makes me nervous anymore in my life, ever. But I just wanted to be chill and zen for once. I was like, it's too hard to explain it. It could be awkward. And I just don't, like, give a fuck. I had so many people there that night that I wanted to catch up with that I didn't really need to talk to Prince. And so he just walked right by, and I was like, should I? Uh, and it was funny. At my own party, I couldn't even say hi. Did you just blow him a kiss? Yeah. But he fucking sat. He sat, uh, <laughs> he sat down at a booth and like hung out all night. Like stayed there for like three hours. Come on. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, he's about the coolest. Was about the coolest. I saw him like twice. Twice. Both in Vegas. Amazing life. Oh, huh? come on. Yeah. Once we saw him, Beth and I saw him at his club at the Rio. And it was there, he was doing, um, he was there every weekend over the summer. And we, when we went in, we had heard he was doing a different show every night. And we went in early, asked the bartender, we were like, what's, what's been going on? He goes, he hasn't played the same set all summer. So I don't know what you're going to hear. He said, the only thing none of us have heard yet is Purple Rain. Any of the songs. And he played Fucking song one beginning to end of Purple Rain. What? Is that your favorite album? Except he didn't play uh, Darling Nikki because he was he doesn't sing that song anymore. You can't expect him to. That song's got a lot going on emotionally. I don't know what song that is. Oh, you don't? (laughs) Darling Nikki. Obviously, you couldn't play that because of the story behind it. You know, Nikki was a darling. Did you spill it on yourself? (gasps) Was there a can there? Oh, shit. I forgot my can was there. Then just want to you get yourself wet, buddy. I didn't thank you. Should I, cl- should I, go I like think this? You, if you, yeah, it'll walk right off. It's a nice material. It's like buoyant. <laughs> it's like uh, what's the word? Or like flam- it's flam- flamboyant. Flam- it's flamboyant. It like the fucking liquid it, it, just coagulated. Balled right up. Yeah, it didn't soak in. That was incredible. That's how we like it. You want to sit over there so you don't get you know. Kind of uh, in my head a little bit. Yeah, I know. You look like here. it. I feel like we're facing off. Boom, boom. Yeah, wolf. but now. Bleep. Now we do the rock'em sock'em robots. What is that? Ding, ding. Oh. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? One time when I was a kid, somebody walked up to me at school and was like, "Dude, dude, are you the the uh, kid from the from the Hungry Hungry Hippos commercial?" And I was just like, without uh, missing a beat, I'm like, "Yup." <laughs> I was not. Oh. Uh, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking say I am. Why not? When when you where you went to school, were there kids who were in commercials? I'm like, oh, why not say yes to that? What? Were there kids who were in commercials in, on TV? Not that I knew much in elementary school, but I guess it was probably was true in high school. There was some of it for sure, because at that point, you know, there were some for Beverly you Hills know. High School. Um, I you know I was like on the football team for a while with uh, Jermaine Jackson Jr. I believe uh, he was. We were on the same squad, but he was there varsity. When I, maybe he was going out when I was coming in because I was two years varsity. I didn't play no JV. I skipped back to varsity, baby. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What position you play, Bangley? I was backup quarterback. I was wide receiver. I was D end, tight end a little bit, and I had two weeks as a kicker. Two weeks as a kicker? Yep. 
I was not good at a kicker. <laughs> I mean, in two weeks, I developed four hilarious kicker stories. <laughs> One time on a long snap, I fucking kicked the ball back to the long snapper. I kicked no. it like just <laughs> like a little fucking eight-yard blooper. He just caught it over his shoulder. Like he ran like a two-yard route and caught the ball. That didn't go as planned. That was supposed to be a 40-yard kick. No, that wasn't. Was that during a game? No, no, just in practice. I wasn't very good at football, so I only played like junk minutes or I would play a lot more during summer league. I like started games at quarterback yeah. and had caught touchdown passes as a, as a tight end. Like that's the best feeling in the world. I ran a QB sneak in for a touchdown once in summer league. Yeah. It was so sick. Did you ever get hit super hard? Yeah. yeah I had back problems for years because of high school football. From a dirty hit for somebody on my own team, actually, during practice. But, like, I was backup quarterback, but I was also, like, with the linemen because I was DN and mm-hmm. tight end. And so they would just have me be, like, practice quarterback with them, and they would design fucking drills to strengthen their lines, which were inhumane to me. They created <laughs> drills literally. They were like, uh, Glebe's going to snap the ball, take it back, and he's going he's gonna to take the snap, drop back, and just wait. There's no pass I'm allowed to throw. And just wait until I get tackled eventually by somebody on the offensive line, so on you, the defensive line. You were like a tackling dummy? Basically, in that drill, I was a fucking tackling dummy. <laughs> like, it was a horrible drill. That is, what was the name of the drill? <laughs> it was called Go Fuck Gleba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the old Go Fuck Gleba. Yeah. That's exactly what that was. GFGU. Dude, that is a brutal drill. It was not cool, man. And, like, literally, like, at the end of every play, I had to be like, all right, all right. I had these huge guys end up playing in the NFL, like, charging at me a minute into this play. I'm like, yeah, eventually you broke through. Congrats, guys. I'm like like a bull. Like, I'm like, all right, I got it. We got the idea. You don't need to, like, take me to the ground. Yeah, but they liked it. Oh, yeah. Get, they like to take Glee to the ground. Yeah, dude. Like, I just remember one time in practice, like, I was playing tight end, and we were in full pads practice the day before a game, and I ran a past six. It was a delay, and then a little bloop out, like – Eight, like six, eight yards in the middle, slant and open to catch it immediately. You fucking catch it. And I run up field. I get like 20 yards. There's no one there. I get like 15, 20 yards. And dude's coming up and decides so much momentum. But he crushes the fuck out of me. It just crushes. But I had so much momentum too. It didn't hurt. Yeah. I just got knocked over. I was fucking pads on the. Fr- it was like one of the first few times that like I've been involved in a major collision where I like had a dope play. Yeah. And go to the sideline. And one of our. Star tight ends, Mike Levy, this blonde dude, comes up to me, bangs my fucking shoulder pads. Yeah, and he goes, he goes, doesn't that feel fucking great? There we go, Glebe. And I just, my immediate thought, I remember the exact words was, we just derive our pleasures differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that didn't feel great. It was cool. I had some adrenaline going. I'm like, yeah. that was cool. I'm also glad I didn't die, but it yeah, felt, felt good. But I wouldn't say it felt great. Great. No, I, I wasn't like, I, I want more yeah. being tackled yeah. aggressively to the ground by people that could snap my neck at any moment. It just is, it's a different animal. It's a completely different breed. Do you ever breed. play football? Yeah, it's a different breed. Like, yeah. To want to enjoy that contact. Yeah. That's like I've, I've always been amazed by boxers or MMA right. fighters. How because the fuck would you sign up for because that? Because the first time I got hit in the face, I'd be like, that's not okay. It might damage I, your face for life. I'm going to quit that. Yeah. My job is to get punched in the face? Nah. No. I'm going to go ahead and say no. Nobody wants that. No. Like, and you know, I did one little, uh, I used to take Krav Maga, and we, we did a little 
sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. We, but we did a little groundwork, and there was one time, you know, we are doing some groundwork, and somebody's uh, <laughs> asshole was in my face, <laughs> and, I, and I tapped out, and he was like, did that hurt? I'm like, well, it kind of hurt my feelings, because <laughs> your asshole was in my face. <laughs> like, yeah, is this part of it? <laughs> yeah, they were like, he was, I was getting positioned. I'm like, oh, well, you fucking at it, you know? <laughs> that's not it for me either. Like, if, if that's part of the sport, that the asshole's in the face, I'm not, I'm not for that either. Yeah, that's one of, the, like, but, one of the big negatives of sport. Yeah, but for me, like, I'm just not. I'm just not that dude. Like I don't right. I don't I I take no joy in the physicality of that. Right, same. But there all. was no better feeling for me though than and I all my best memories came just from practice. But like Friday night lights would be on the road at a fucking school with packed fans. They had better fans than our school did. And fucking I would get to run on the field routes as a wide receiver and as QB and whatever, but as a wide receiver was my favorite before the game and our coach would start literally on like the forty yard line. He'd get snaps, and we'd run receiver routes into the end zone. And we would just run, the, and he would throw this, like, 40-yard fucking bomb into the end zone. And just how you have to speed up to the top of your sprint to fucking catch it perfectly in stride mm-hmm. under the lights, there was no feeling like it. I was re- I'm really good at un- under-pressure situations. Yeah. I could catch a ball when I have to catch it. I caught those and fucking before the game, man. People didn't realize my skills. <laughs> I cried when football ended. I cried. I will tell you. Um... <laughs> I will tell you, I, as much as I don't like the physicality, there's nothing I like more than hitting pad. Like when you yeah hitting hitting pads yeah totally. It's a lot. That's like primal a lot shit. Yeah, it's dope. I love it. No, I, I liked the phys- it, it. Also, felt like if you, you like feel like you're in the army and you won't die. It's like the best doing what being in a football team. You feel like you're in the army, oh. but there's like no risk of death. It's well, like and you're not serving your your country. It's so it's not really the army. No, I just mean like discipline wise. Just discipline-wise, you just feel like yeah. you're, you're like dedicated to this team, and it's like a brutal, physical challenge and journey, and it's like you just can't lay each other down, so you have to fucking move as one cohesive unit, and like all of that is based on the military. So, anybody who played football, you know, football's designed as a war. Basically, Carlin really talked about it. You know what I mean? But it's like these fifty guys, and you're marching down a field and trying to get into the enemy territory, and claim your territory and mm-hmm. score and take their fucking riches it's like you're recreating many wars more than any sport they're all sort of that but football especially you're like physically doing it heads up it looks like when armies in the in revolutionary times used to fucking line up head to head and just fucking By the go way, at each other how crazy is it that when you went to war you used to just sprint at other people screaming yeah! <laughs> so crazy I mean, you just I ran across. I don't think th- I would do that. No. I mean, how do you run into into a spear in your face? I'm just do saying. Do people like aren't afraid of pain like we are? They because like, ah, they just sprinted. I couldn't possibly walk Dude, into a, like, a knife or a gunshot. In World War One, you know, you would sprint, and then people would just shoot at you. It's insane. Just shoot Who, at like. Who's the guy that like pushed to get to the front of that line? But 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 I'd that, be in but the fortieth no. row, and that'd be like, that's why I'm not. That's why right there, like. You know my my oldest son is in. Tie my shoelace real quick, dude. My oldest son's in the army. He, I told him before Whoa, a million really? times. Oh yeah, I'm like he. You're so much braver than I. Am. Wow. 
so much bravery bra- at its highest level. Oh my God, it's so much braver than I am. He's so much braver than I am. If I had to do it to fight for my country, I think hopefully we all would. Of Any course. honorable man would. Of, of course, of course, of course, we'd all do it. Yes. But to do to sign up when it's not mandatory in life mm. is a bravery that like my thank. Please thank your son for yeah, his service man. to our country and all of his troop mates, man. Like that yeah, is dude. It, but that is the that's what makes America able to have a country is the fact that we have people willing to sign up yeah, to defend us. It's that's like what I'm saying. the Crazy. most noble job Absolutely. in the world. Absolutely. We're also the defenders of truth on the planet. Honestly, and that's one of the major things that makes me so angry at Trump. He just does not care about truth. More than any issue, the president cannot. It is, it's to me treasonous for the president to question our very belief in facts. You cannot do that. A society unravels if you do not have an agreement as to even what is. If reality cannot be agreed on, you can never advance or have any rational conversation ever. You've sold your country to Candyland. Like, literally, our brains become taffy. You, and every great fucking news anchor of our time and politician of our time, none of them have the balls to put their fucking foot down and say, this cannot stand. Even Dan Rather, one of our most honored journalists in our country, I heard on an interview recently on a podcast, I think with John Oliver maybe, or I don't remember who it was was with, um, maybe Craig Ferguson, and he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, um, well, now that we live in a post-truth society, as though that's fact now. That cannot be fact. That's what we have to fight the revolution against and why I think it's urgent at this particular time to speak about the issues that matter is a quote that I saw that really just fucking resonated with me. It was on someone's Instagram story is that during times like these, it's an artist's duty to be socially minded. It does not need to influence your act to a great degree. It does not need to be the thing you talk about exclusively on stage or even you don't necessarily have to mention it on stage. But I think you have to use your platform to fight for truth. It's well, even so, Superman's main things: truth, justice, and the American way. Truth is everything. But I do that more with my social media than I do. Yeah, that's with that's my, great. Yeah, with my stand up. That's great. Or you know, and, and or an occasional PSA or men- or a conversation on a podcast where you yeah. help like correct the the morality of the country. We have to have an agreed upon morality to have a country. Well, I agree. And we with don't that. have that now. The, and that's the, what's so interesting about the whole sexual harassment thing is. Hopefully the conversation continues to evolve into a place where the country can just formalize what is acceptable behavior and what is not and continue holding each other further and further to account through an evolving set of norms. That's how evolution happens. And so you have to be willing to have a conversation. That's the problem, dude. Zero conversation. The problem is, Ben, is that, like I said earlier, if you don't agree... It's 10 and 1. If you don't agree with everything I say, right. go fuck yourself. Yeah. So so that's the end of the conversation. Right. Which, which causes a real big problem. Because I would wager a guess that most people are not tens and ones not at all but they're but they're just scared to speak up and that's my whole point about how we're not as divided that as we think we are because we're all mostly four to seven 
Yeah, but we're in. We all want pieces of we're everything. We're getting more and more divided because yeah. what's happening is, is the blame and the uh, the blame and the and the bullying is is reaching further and further down, right? Right. But Trump's the one that's orchest- that's leading all that. When your president is the ultimate bully. He's empowering yeah, the bulliest uh, uh, nature of, of everybody. Absolutely, it's that's the other 100%, biggest crime. Hundred percent, coarsening our discourse and questioning truth. It's like his biggest threats are not nuclear war from North Korea. In my opinion, his biggest threats are just he's having very bad effect on our intelligence and our ability to reason and to ability to talk to each other and to our ability to understand the other person as our the same and as our brother and as one country that your son is out there defending, not this fractured country that hates itself it couldn't be further from the truth yet we had the president today literally come out on television and say because we need a senate seat and don't need liberal votes you should endorse somebody who has been accused by eight or twelve women i can't remember which number it is of dating them and inappropriate conduct with them and a rape allegation and many of them underage girls and the president literally now is taking our lack of truth so much further now that now he's spinning us to accept a pedophile should be in the Senate because he needs the one extra vote. It's the ultimate. We're like, we've been thrown down to hell by yeah. this man. And no one really realizes it. It's a tonnage, though, dude. So what happens is you start to go a little bit numb to it. You know what I mean? It's tonnage. And That's then, part of his plan, too. Oh, I, he tweets I, out every two days inflammatory stuff that makes the country angrier and angrier and angrier about different things. We're so caught up in minutia, like the kneeling thing is just so ridiculous that it's even a conversation. It's just a free country, and mm-hmm. you're allowed to kneel if you want, and people are allowed to say, I think that's rude, or, oh, he's kneeling for a cause that's important to him. That's as far as the conversation goes. That's, that's, there is no question if he's allowed to do it. Yes, he's allowed to do it. So move the fuck on. The president talks about that instead of tackling major, major problems. We've lost all grip on reality and on what matters and on what and our leaders are mostly feckless and do not have any backbone, it seems to me, to like really clearly stand for their morals. All these guys, Jeff Flake and others, um, talking shit about Trump only when they decide they're not not going to run for election again. They're implicitly yeah. saying, oh, you can't, we, we're, we're forced in this corrupt system to not speak against the guy in power because of the voting block of these parties that, again, are artificial and are put just to pit each other against each other. And therefore, we get literally zero things done, fight all the time, constantly vote after voter voter to repeal the same fucking thing that's already been passed that most of the country's in favor of for just political points for no fucking reason, just out of vindictiveness. It's like there's no leadership. There is no moral leadership in the country from anybody, from anybody. Charles Schumer is such I think he's a moral great guy. He's like, it's not a joke. It's not all like a New York socialite conversation where it's like, this is very important that we uh, pass this legislation and we're not going to allow it not to happen uh, this time again. <laughs> and then it doesn't pass. And he's like, oh, well, how are you, John? Good to see you again. It's like, no, you fight with fucking anger with your balls to save your nation. And you don't. Bill Maher is so right when he says that the left needs to start using the fierceness and the tactics of the right. I've said it for a long time, too, to combat. If somebody is trying to literally take your, the 
morals of a nation and throw them away, it's an act of violence. And you cannot fight violence with politeness. You don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. You know, wouldn't break a grape in a fruit fight, as Jay-Z said, paraphrased. Wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. I love Jay-Z. Pretty good. Best rapper alive. Buddy. Um, so, but so how, with all of that, you, I mean, but it's what you're saying is important. And if that's the kind of stuff you're getting out on stage, and that's, that's good. I mean, I'll be honest, like, even so much further than that, because I do agree that I sometimes feel bad that, like, people also are coming there, have limited money, and they want to, like, just laugh sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I never, normally, I never have incidents like I did the other night. Normally, people, lo even people on the other side, love my political material. I mostly am making fun jokes. Trump supporter came up to me after that show, and the guy was walked out and came up to me. Oh, in moments, it's right now. You got to check it out. It's on my Facebook page. It's an ongoing video the other day about, about a night, what I said in St. Louis. Um, on stage and the joke about gay rights and trans rights. But I then said, Trump's president, and half of the crowd went nuts applauding. Mm -hmm. None of them were homophobic people. None of them were closed-minded. None of them were deplorables. None of them, they were great Americans that see things in Trump administration and what he offered and promised that they desperately need in their lives, and they wanted to change and needed to change, and weren't going to let the left tell them what issues are important to them either. We're going to yeah. let them dictate that it's social issues, and no, it's about what matters to them, and jobs, and it's about another hope, and people aren't going to keep letting the middle class erode while Chuck Schumer banters with TV hosts. Mm -hmm. And says he's fighting, but doesn't fight crazy fucking hard. I'm not saying he doesn't fight crazy hard, but it doesn't. I don't see passion sometimes. No, but that's Maybe not it's just his. His yeah, it's not his demeanor. Over Jewishness, that reminds me of my my family, and just personally, it's not the way I like to receive information. <laughs> Maybe it's very effective. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. No, but it's not not his but, demeanor. Right, but so much so, I I've actually quite honestly, it's an insane thing to say out loud. But like, even the the thought has occurred to me a lot lately about running for president. You? Yeah. On uh, what would be your platform? My platform is the easy part. I was thinking actually like sort of seriously about doing it and then ironically my parents convinced me that it was a bad idea. <laughs> so how they convince you? Tell me how, and then we're going to wrap this up. Sure. Tell me how. But I'm not convinced necessarily yet that they're right. Tell me how they convinced you. Well, they you. just said that they thought it was kind of a ridiculous idea only because I don't have the history of accomplishments in the public sphere or even in the private sphere in the ways that people traditionally care about, like financial success or whatever, that they think would make me that qualified. And they are afraid that people would laugh at me and think it's silly that... I wanted to do that. And, hey, it's also something that I don't want to do, can but that I, I would do if I felt like I could uniquely contribute. And I do sometimes I, think that. Can I just interject real quick? Mm -hmm. It's your podcast. <laughs> I disagree with your parents. Oh, wow. Because I think you would appeal to that crowd, that 18 to 27 that don't vote. I think you would appeal to them. That is a huge chunk of people. Plus... You are talking common sense about a lot of stuff. You are in a middle ground area. There are a lot of us out there. What the hell? Why not? And you're really smart and you're good on your feet and you could probably debate fucking anybody. That's true. That seems like fun. <laughs> no, could... it's not fun. It's, it, it's 
that's another real sacrifice for your country, though, if you decide to do that. And I would do it if my country needed me to do it. What a great experience that would be but for you, dude. people try to tear down your life in oh, every yeah, way yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instantly, your life is the most yeah. scrutinized, made fun of, yeah, demonized thing, right? That's the part that took me a few days to remember. And then I was like... I know it's true. I still decided that if my that if my country needed me to do it, and if I was uniquely capable of bringing our debate forward, and nobody else can, and it does sort of seem that way a lot of times. Like I just said about our media and our um, about our media and our and our politicians, mm-hmm. but I would do it if I needed to. But it sounds like a nightmare. It's obviously a horrendous thing to go through. Right. Yeah. It doesn't sound terrible. And, and how fucked up that they've made the system so fucked up and not about our better selves that good people are well, discouraged listen, man, from running. The idea of, a, of, of someone being a public servant is long gone. Well, your son's doing it. Well, I mean, in office. Right. In office. That's what needs to come back. That's what I'm saying. So, like... Somebody... So... so it, but it's, it it is a biz. It's it's a business, and so you have to take money out of the business. No, but it shouldn't be a business. It's Back supposed to, to be I mean. civic service. That's what I mean. Right. So you got to take the money out of the. business. How did it become a business? Because we allowed money to enter politics, and it's yeah. absolutely the number one issue facing us for the viability of our democracy. And we either choose to fix this, or it's going to be the end of us. We need to get the money out because we do not have a fair representative system anymore with the amount of influence that can come. We have close to it. We have it's fixable. It's not unsalvageable yet. It's not past the point of no return, but it's like in dangerous territory. All of these problems are urgent. That's why. So, yeah, I don't want to tell those jokes, but I feel an obligation to my friend Azita Gandazada there. Day. I saw an inspiring thing. She's an actress and an activist on her Instagram story as well where she said, or, or in her grid maybe where she said, I don't get up every morning wanting to have to talk about these issues, and but I just feel that I need to at some point when things of gravity are happening in the world that can be fixed through smarter discourse. I added the last part. The last part was <laughs> my twist. But that's what was, was my own thoughts bleeding in. But I just feel that way. I've always felt like a very strong obligation to help explain politics that's why i think maybe it's better do it through a show yeah where i can there's no red tape and no balled up systems i talked to cory booker once you know he's now senator um from new jersey when he was running for the senate and i asked him if you can really even make change a lot these days in politics because Mm -hmm. it just seems so gummed up and so bogged down of a system and everybody just runs their respective cable outlets, outlets and complains and doesn't actually get done their job of governing our country better and achieving things. And he said, you know what? It's true. It's like it's a pretty messed up system these days and you can probably usually have much more positive effect as an artist or an activist than you can in government. So by that rationale, maybe it's stupid to run for office and go through the monkey grinder of the hardest thing. If I can have more impact... And more with fun. A show and a lot more fun. What do you want to plug? Glebe 2020. I have announced uh, an exploratory committee. Um, I'd be going to Iowa and doing barnstorming and listening to people. I just went to Iowa, actually, for a show I hosted for 
HLN for CNN's headline news called Aspirus. There's a social impact news show. Mm-hmm. And I went and talked to young evangelicals for climate action, a perfect example of what I believe the solutions to our country are. Lindsay Mao is this recent college graduate who got really involved in young evangelicals for climate action, trying to convince other evangelicals that climate change is real. If you can, we've always believed in science before. It's just here to supplement our faith. If we're right. supposed to be shepherds of God's green earth, we it's our duty to God to save the earth that we are destroying yeah. as hedonistic assholes. And that's the most beautiful cause I've heard. And talk about something that can bring us together and bridge the gap and get us out of this false paradigm thinking. And so, God, I'm so frog-throated. Frog-throated? <laughs> Frog Tharted. It's the new sequel to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Frog Tharted. My hair is growing from my webbed legs. And so all I'm saying is my response to my parents is just that they're brilliant and they're smart and they make a lot of great points. But if more, if I'm right, that more of more imperative, urgent need to our nation right now, to the future of our nation, is cohesiveness, morality, getting on the same page, agreeing with our moral code and not deviating from it. From this point forward, getting, I created the Don't Be a Dick Pledge, which people can sign at tinyurl.com slash don't be a dick pledge. We just pledge not to be a dick the rest of your life. That's like the one thing we need is just to agree. You can do whatever you want, say whatever you want, be yeah. whatever you want, as long as you also don't impede others' rights to do the exact same thing that you're demanding of yourself. And so that would be sort of the core of a platform that I would run on. Yeah. Unless just all getting along and realizing we're not on two different teams and fighting for the future of our planet, which obviously we all want to be a good one. It's so simple. So if it is indeed is true that that is what, and I believe it to be true, that is what is needed to fix the discourse in our country that can abate what I believe is currently the biggest threat to our country, then that's a pretty noble cause for a presidential campaign. But, again, also a good noble cause for a TV show. Yeah, more fun. More fun. So I'm probably going to go that way. Okay. <laughs> so I'd like to plug that future show. Maybe on Facebook Watch. Maybe I'll By do way, it on YouTube Red. Hey, hey can I, uh, can I uh, <laughs> Ben, I just want to, the next time you plug the show, I would make it a little... <laughs> <laughs> Stump speeching already. <laughs> and I count on your vote. I need you to come through for me on every yeah, one of these plugs. Yeah, I need you yeah. to watch Idiot Test every Monday through Friday at 10 and 10.30 on Game Show Network, GSN. I need you to subscribe to Last Week on Earth. Support the cause. Join the Brain Trust. Be the brain the trust of, of Americans who think together and explore issues as we do on my podcast for the last six years. Soon is my 200th episode. Join me for that. Thank you so much. I, I'll, so love, and check out my Showtime special, Neurotic Gangster. <laughs> see me do stand-up for an hour where I don't talk any politics at all. I'll see you, I'll see you inside. No um, pol- good night. No politics whatsoever in my Showtime special. It's a funny special, too. Thank you. And at Ben Glebe, obviously I'm creating a lot of social media content. Most of it is non-political, funny, fucking weird Instagram stories. So follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, hey guys, listen. Follow him on Instagram so you can watch his stories. They mean a lot to him. Do you watch them? Not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. I don't. I don't take any offense because I watch yours sometimes too. But I don't always watch just you at slightly different 
six to ten inch lengths from the lens talking about your day. <laughs> oh yeah, this one. Yeah, you just love to walk while you while while you're vlogging. You're walking and talking. Yeah, guys, you guys, it was a crazy. And then there usually though I give you credit, very funny, and you pick up with like funny. I do watch yours, and it hurts. You pick up with like funny developments <laughs> I, of these stories. I just forget to look up there, dude, because I forget to do them. I just right. forget that I don't even look. Yeah, I, I watch a lot of people's stories every day, so that's part of what I'm doing with my day as well. <laughs> we never finished what what you did with your day. So that stuff. We I will. Watching stories, creating stories, replying on social media. I need to prioritize to more, more focused action. That's one of my big realizations. Well, <laughs> you got to be creating more and replying less. That's the goal. <laughs> we solved it at the end. Yes! <laughs> You, you said you would solve it for me, and you brought it back around. <laughs> Create more, reply less. Um, I, I wait, went right hey, around I my neck. To, I have to tell you, we really went a long way to get there. Yeah, we did. But we really landed on it. <laughs> What's hilarious, Josh, is like, are we at a place, I think we are beyond, where in our country, I think... Like, it just struck me as absurd and funny that, like, where I talked about serious thoughts I had about whether if I needed to step up and, like, do really, like, one of the biggest run personal sacrifices to run for president. In the same podcast where I was talking about porn, I smoked weed on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are we at that place? If we're at that evolved place where we realize all of a sudden now our leaders are flawed, normal people, because, of course, now they are. Yeah. I mean, Trump, I think, at least will admit he's flawed. And so if people, you know, wouldn't try to, like, pick apart every time I said or smoked a drug or said anything in my life we're comedians we fucking live by our by our trying to our ability to try to entertain people in on the spot and and make funny out of the box never before been said jokes we're trying to like make you know and it's it's crazy like we've all made sex jokes in our lives ad nauseum it's part of the job of being a comedian Mm -hmm. god I hope they don't start you know scrutinizing dick jokes? sex jokes dick jokes are one of the greatest comedic tools they're my machine gun please <laughs> yeah. don't take away my firearm my automatic I have weapon right to bear verbal arms <laughs> i have mouth arms josh don't you understand yeah those are no but nobody's coming after your dick jokes okay good right good All right. no but yeah people do cuz they you know nobody's fucking... coming after our dick jokes okay good Ben Glebe, everybody. Tunnel to nowhere. <laughs>